You're listening to Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Burita. I'm a 15-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law, employers and HR professionals would often ask me, where can they find out a little more information on this or a little more information on that? Look, I get it. There's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people have only 30 or 15 or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to employers. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and doesn't create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. All right, friends, welcome back to the Legal Skinny podcast. Let's chat burritos. I personally love a good taco or burrito or burrito bowl. Chipotle is actually, uh, it's one on my list when I'm thinking about getting one. Although in our house probably is a total, you know, uh, we're probably a little more partial to free birds or especially torchies, you know, the Austin, Texas favorite that we got. And we ended up getting a couple here in Houston, especially because both of those have a little bit spicier that queso. And of course, because torchies has like their ridiculous, untraditional style tacos like trailer, trailer park, uh, brush fire, and, and even that the one called Mr. Orange, which is a uh, you know, named in honor of Mr. Tim Roth and, you know, that cult classic Quentin Tarantino movie, uh, Reservoir Dogs. In fact, if you haven't seen Reservoir Dogs, it's not for the squeamish. So, uh, uh, yeah, I highly recommend you skip the scene where you hear stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> um, those of y'all that have seen it, you know, you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but, um, I guess that's like any Tarantino movie. But I, uh, so I guess some crazy taco junkies, they'd probably pick a fight with me uh, that, you know, there's burrito brands like Chipotle and Freebirds, and then there's tacos. But, you know, arguably Torchies, you know, they they have a burrito on there, not a taco part of the menu. So I, I think it gets to compete. But either way, you know, they've all got their shtick about what makes them unique. With Chipotle, um, according to, you know, founder Steve Ells, when he um, he gave an interview with NPR on, on how I built this podcast. And, and, you know, when he started Chipotle in Denver in July 93, after, you know, uh, remodeling, I, I think he said was an ice cream store near the University of Denver campus with an intention to, you know, only open one. And actually, he was going to try to use it to fund another restaurant that he wanted. But, um, you know, of course, 20 years later, Chipotle is it's a total brand and their shtick or their claims, you know, uh, of their culture and their brand is all over, you know, uh, you know, their Internet website and everything it is that they do. They, you know, they claim that they're the first national restaurant brand or one of them to commit to goals on local and organic produce, to commit to using only responsibly raised meat with some of the highest animal welfare standards, you know, um, because they they say being real means being committed. And they also say that, you know, um, being committed means, you know, helping have a better planet with their recycling efforts. And Chipotle also claims, you know, being real, part of that is treating their people right. And their people, of course, meaning their employees. 
but Chipotle is making headlines for something else this week. And I bring this up to you because it's certainly not where you want your brand to be making headlines if you can avoid it. But after having read some of the you know, court documents related to this, you know, it kind of makes sense if Chipotle and, and even their crew of attorneys didn't exactly see uh, some of the arguments to this coming. So let's, let's have a legal skinny case brief here. Uh, let me tell you about this case going on in New Jersey in federal court. A collective action lawsuit um, was brought in June 2017, very contentious litigation brought against Chipotle from their workers. Um, and th this past week, the reason that I'm talking about this is a proposed settlement of a $15 million deal was inked and filed requesting the court to approve it to resolve these alleged claims that workers have made against Chipotle. And the claims are Fair Labor Standard Act claims, wage claims to be specific, by apprentices at Chipotle restaurants for approximately 4,838 workers, according to the pleadings. The former workers uh, all made claims that they were misclassified and specifically that they were uh, classified as exempt workers by Chipotle and not paid overtime and that they should have been paid overtime, okay? And now we'll, we'll exempt out the discussion of New York, California, and Texas workers because they weren't weren't included for various legal reasons. But um, uh, just most of, of of the claims are, are across the entire United States, besides those three states. Okay, and the claims are that the Chipotle didn't pay the workers overtime. Then these workers were all classified as apprentices. They say that they weren't paid the salary that an exempt worker would be paid. Right. And that they didn't fit the duties test, which is, of course, the other overlooked part sometimes uh, when you're trying to determine if a worker is actually exempt from being paid overtime. You need both those parts of the, the salary test and the duties test to get you there to that exempt worker. Now, specifically to the part about the duties test, the discussion, at least in the court documents and the arguments that were being made, was that the apprentices, you know, didn't meet the exempt duties test because they spent most of their shifts doing primary duties related to manual labor, like assembly line food prep, operating the cash register, and, and they didn't have any job duties that were like disciplining others or scheduling, you know, other employees, you know, hiring or firing, or even making recommendations about hiring or firing other employees. Uh, the, they, you know, the arguments also were made on the workers' uh, behalf by their attorneys that they had no administrative or executive authority. Of course, uh, Chipotle disagrees with this um, uh, statements related to the duties, but just remember how much the Department of Labor loves the duties test for exempt workers. And, you know, one of the biggest arguments that was made here was that the Chipotle apprentices did similar duty work to the normal employees that work for Chipotle's that are paid hourly. And this, I, I've seen this argument being made um, many times by the Department of Labor when they're looking and trying to determine whether or not workers are properly classified. And usually when they see exempt workers or claimed exempt workers, and they're doing the same duties as hourly workers, and, and, and the Department of Labor thinks the hourly workers are properly classified, then it really does hurt the argument about the classification of the other workers. So uh, just take note of that. That is something the Department of Labor definitely looks at.
So you may be listening to this and thinking, okay, well, maybe Chipotle is in trouble here, right? And of course, like I said, Chipotle disagrees with the characterization of these workers' job duties and, and the way that they were um, portrayed. But here's really where the whole thing kind of goes off the rails for me. It's, it's the salary test requirement arguments that were made by the legal counsel on behalf of the workers that starts to get um, really interesting. Uh, remember back when the Department of Labor, go all the way back to 2016, the Department of Labor and President Obama really wanted to jump the exempt salary for salaried workers from $23,660 annually to about $47,476 annually. And there was this like collective freak out among employers across America because of this vast jump in numbers, you know, so all the classification issues that would come with that, meaning uh, the employers would have to determine whether or not they would be making these individuals now um, that had maybe been exempt for a long, long time, now make them into hourly workers and how do you structure that and, you know, do they pay people less? Do they lay off people? Anyway, it was it was a huge big deal. It was a big deal to the workers as well because workers were then, you know, probably facing either getting possibly a bump in their salary, depending on how close they were, or possibly working less hours, right? Because they were originally considered exempt and now they're not. So um, when all that was going on, right, um, uh, in this Chipotle case, okay, now fast forward, and the the argument that was made was that, you know, um, and this is a first impression argument, which means it's new. It, it's not something that's been made to a court before. Uh, the workers' attorneys argue that the 2016 Department of Labor proposed salary change of that $47,476 for exempt salaried workers, you know, that, that the DOL and, the Pre and President Obama wanted um, and pushed for, and that... Um, that it did come into effect and that Chipotle failed to follow it back then. And that's why these workers then should be paid. And if you're thinking, well, that's outrageous, that law never took effect. <laughs> well, that's what Chipotle argued. Uh, they said, you know, that because of a Texas court injunction, you know, it never came into effect. And, and there's a long, long story that goes along with how um, the lawsuits that came about related to relating to that proposed law. But, but that's the argument that got made. So if Chipotle is making that argument, then why pay the $15 million uh, to resolve or settle the case? And, you know, of course, it's not really clear because the mediation that occurred, which uh, got to this resolution, it, you know, it happened behind closed doors in a private mediation. But, you know, uh, if you're and I think it took him two mediations <laughs> to get there. So uh, it was not it was it was a contentious, of course. Uh, lawsuit. And um, I think Chipotle adamantly still believes that, you know, they didn't do anything wrong, or at least that's the, that's the argument, of course, that they're making. But, you know, one of the things you have to think about, I think, when you, you're trying to determine the risk of whether you, you resolve something is, is in this situation, it's a case of first impression. So meaning nobody else maybe has uh, uh, on the books, at least in front of a court, made this argument that these lawyers were making. So there's a risk in that, that if you go forward on a case like this and you lose, you've now created precedent. And well, that could be bad, right? Especially if, if you open up the can of worms as it relates back to that Department of Labor rule back in 2016. 
Or it could just be that Chipotle thought maybe they didn't like the evidence surrounding the duties test that I talked about. And, and the, you know, there was risk there that it just didn't make sense. Uh, and so they decided to resolve it. Or maybe it was a combination or some other factors that really aren't in the public record. You know, especially considering that Chipotle on their website and, you know, their brand talks about treating their people right. It, it makes sense that, you know, the risk of going forward on this and fighting it and then losing it and, it, you know, that that could hurt their brand image. And again, I'll, I'll make it clear, Chipotle still argues they didn't do anything wrong here and they dispute the claims and, and even the overtime issues. So uh, I guess for a case of first impression, you have to wonder what this means for other employers, especially now that this argument has a $15 million price tag attached to it. And there's much more legal drama and mumbo jumbo in this case, uh, but I'll leave it at that for now. I think a big takeaway from this is, is to always remember the duties test and remember how it looks from the outside looking in, because that's what it's like when the Department of Labor looks at it. And that's what it looks like when, you know, um, when a court is looking at the situation. And so um, imagine that your workers are going to be asked questions and you're not able to be present there. You know, are, how are they going to answer those questions? What kind of work are they going to say they do on a regular basis? And that's the kind of stuff that really makes up whether or not they actually match the duties test. It's not you looking at the job description, making the best argument that you can, right? The DOL, if they're they're the ones doing the investigation and it, it doesn't go straight to court, you know, they're going to get an opportunity to talk to your employees all by themselves. And so, um, you know, taking a look at those duties tests a little closer with exempt workers is always, you know, a good takeaway. And I think that's, that's certainly um, something that I think that every employer can think more about. And that's the legal skinny on the Chipotle overtime problem you don't want. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Legal Skinny Podcast. Do not forget to subscribe to get future podcast episodes. Also, check out LegalSkinny.com to join our newsletter and get details on all the educational resources we offer the employer. Also, disclaimer, remember Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember... This is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you.